Welcome to Tech Chairs, a new podcast all about sport and technology. Because technology is the single biggest force shaping modern sport. But how did we get to this point? So in this first series, we'll try to answer that with the help of innovators and experts from all over the sports that we love so much. So whether you're a fan, work in the industry or are simply tech curious, this is the series for you. Welcome to Tech Chairs from me, John Inverdale. And me, Rebecca Hopkins. Where we talk technology. And sport. And today we talk about an innovation that's been so successful, it's actually almost as universal a word as Hoover. It's Hawkeye. And one of the men who came up with the concept is Paul Hawkins. Paul, thank you very much for joining us. Just take us back to those pre-Hawkeye days of John McEnroe saying, you cannot be serious, and what it was that led you to go down the route that you actually went down. Cricket was where it all started for me, and uh, the LBW was was the controversial part of cricket, which we felt we could resolve. Channel 4 had just taken over the, the television production from the BBC. They'd already bought in the SNCC on return. I'm a relatively ideasy guy, just finished university, and rather than getting a proper job, I thought I'd um, see whether there was an appetite for, for taking a cricket broadcast to the next level. And there was always the kind of the hope to get into to many different sports, but whether it'd ever be used efficiently for the game and, and how far it'd go, you, you just never know. And I do genuinely believe a sport's a metaphor for life, and it was exactly the same in the same way as any sports person starting out in their career and never knowing whether they'll be number one in the world or a professional or just uh, just enjoy the sport. Then you know, Hawkeye started out very much the same, just one step at a time and, and see where it took us. I'm fascinated because we come across so many young people leading startups and they always say, look, yeah, it can be a struggle to be taken seriously. How and who did you persuade to take a chance on Hawkeye in the first instance? You know, a lot of these stories of, of young entrepreneurs, that luck plays a big part. And I suppose I was the bridge that I could talk the cricket language of, of having played and the PhD in artificial intelligence were so so vaguely knew enough technically to have some idea of what was going on. So I, I could speak both languages to a certain extent. And it was Test Match Special, actually, which gave us probably the, the lucky break that we were in a situation I was, I was working for a development company who could have the expertise to do it. And the Channel 4s and the Skies were reluctant to invest in, in having it developed. And ironically, Jonathan Agnew, who's never been a massive fan of Hawkeye, but he kind of gave us a break. We, we went up to Trent Bridge and did a, a little interview with him during the lunchtime break after there was, there was a couple of controversial umpiring decisions in the game. And um, it rained during the, the lunchtime interview. And, and so they had like the, an hour to fill. I was probably on, on Test Match Special for the best part of an hour. And it was that publicity that was really the change that, that then Channel 4 and Sky realized that you know, there's a lot of publicity in the papers the following days because they couldn't write about the cricket. And um, they knew if one of them didn't, then the other one would. So we went from having no possible customers to, to two and, and choosing between them. So, so that was the catalyst for getting the money to uh, invest in the technology to start with and then got rolled out in 2001 in the ashes of 2001, which again was very lucky because our product was pretty basic at that stage. But we had Glenn McGarr and, and Shane Warren bowling, which were just great Hawkeye stories in terms of how much they're turning it, where they're pitching it and everything like that. And it all started there. It is amazing to think, actually, that we're talking about this century still because it, it's so part of the sporting landscape now. It is still relatively new. Just you mentioned technology without being too technical. Just explain, you know, you're lying in bed. You're thinking there has to be a way where we can technically prove 
whether the ball was going to hit the stumps or whether the serve was out or whatever. How do you do that? So we've gone taking the approach of using cameras for pretty much all of our tracking and other people have, have tried chips in balls and things like that. But I think the unique selling point to a certain extent of, of Hawkeye is to try and be really practical with our engineering approaches. And, and just things are so much easier if you don't need to interfere with the field of play. And, and, and so having cameras around the stadium, of whichever sport and being really um, flexible in terms of where cameras can go to fit into different kind of infrastructures. And, you know, we need to put a camera in the Royal Box at Wimbledon, you're not going to get one. So having an architecture which can be really flexible to different kind of situations and deal with the practical um, challenges of different sports kind of felt, you know, a cricket match, you want to calibrate the cameras, but if it's been raining the days before and the, and the covers are on until 15 minutes before play start, you need to better deal with, with those kind of issues. So at the very basic level, we find balls or people or whatever in, in a multitude of cameras and then combine the information from each camera together to work out where is it in 3D. But I'd say there's more cleverness in dealing with all the practical side of things than there is just the core tracking and side of it. And Paul, you've not just evolved in one sport, you've kind of done so many. Is the motivation commercial or love of sport? Or at what point do you sit back and think, oh, nothing's happening in rugby, I should do something there? Or does it just come to you more as a, a road to Damascus moment? It's very much a, a dialogue um, with the governing bodies in terms of, again, that practical side of things is what's good for the sport. And it's not then just about the technology, but how it's used. So the VAR, for example, which has still had a, a little bit of a rocky road into, into the game, but we had two years with the Dutch FA behind the scenes of, of kind of thinking about what decisions could it be used for, how quick could we make the decisions and, and all those, those kind of things. So by having, I suppose, the trust of a lot of governing bodies and then can enter into dialogue with them to try and get the balance right between making officiating not the story of the game, which is ultimately the end game, um, and to do that as, as quickly and without affecting the, the fabric of the game as, as much as possible. So whether you introduce it with a challenge system, whether you do it so it's, it's um, immediate, tennis is obviously just going through a change now of having been a challenge system for a, for a number of years to now Hawkeye Live, so where we immediately call the lines and, and there are no line judges. So it's a dialogue to, for the governing bodies to understand what's technically possible and then for us to work with them to mould it into the game in the way that best suits the overall objective of that game. And you mentioned that, actually. Watching the Australian Open tennis this year, where now line judges are obsolete and then technology is king, when you watch that, do you think, God, we've come a long way in 20 years? Does it make you immensely proud to see the way that a sport has so readily engaged with that? It doesn't, it doesn't. I suppose a bit like, again, the metaphor of a, of a sports person, what it actually makes you is, is quite humble in terms of understanding your responsibility to the game. Um, because now, you know, if the technology fails, then the whole game has to stop and, and all the rest of it. So, you know, with the, in, the responsibility comes, you know, we take it pretty, pretty seriously. So, so that side of things plays on your mind. And I suppose a bit like a, a sports person, you're always thinking about the next Grand Slam rather than spending that much time reflecting on, on what you've already achieved. So and a reputation takes an awfully long time to build up and a very short amount of time to lose. So, so you know, I think if you spend too much time uh, reflecting on what you've achieved, you, you, you run the danger of becoming complacent. So, you know, the Hawkeye Live 
is undoubtedly, you know, technologically quite clever in terms of being able to do it that reliably on that number of courts and that quickly. But with that then becomes the, the responsibility to the game. And with the technology, when you develop it, and you've said often it's a, it's a partnership, do you ever get frustrated with the compromises you're being asked to make? Or do you ever look at how something is being implemented and think, oh, I wish I'd do it this way. It would have been so much better. Nowadays, not so much, because I think it is um, that much more established. You know, through the journey, there have been many frustrations and Football was probably one of the biggest ones. And, you know, if it wasn't for the Frank Lampard goal of 2010, but before then, I found FIFA had been very against bringing in technology into the game, whereas you know, the Premier League were very much calling for it and wanting it to. And, and, and the tipping point is, is in a number of sports has been a reaction to a highly controversial moment. That's going to say, well, we've got to have this because of that. And you kind of think, well, you knew that was going to happen at some point. So why couldn't you be proactive rather than reactive and prevent it happening in the first instance? Mm, okay, that's interesting. And equally, is there anything that happens in sport where you think, I really wish we could come up with something that solves that specific problem? For me, the, the golden nugget of sport is, is pressure. And the generic story of so many sports is how the top athletes can can deal with pressure. And it's the same whether you're you're serving uh, for the Grand Slam final, about to take the kick to to win the Rugby World Cup or, or whatever. And that's why sport is so engaging. And the thing that I would love to do is is, is be able to tell that story of pressure because I think for the for the non-sporting enthusiast. That's why we as sports fans love it so much, I think, is that we can relate to to what that feels like and, and put ourselves in the shoes and and we get engaged in it and we can, we can feel it. So telling that story of pressure, and we've kind of played around with heart rates and blood pressures and things like that, but it, it doesn't actually really tell the story. So for, for me, that's the thing that I'd love technology to, to get across to the viewer in the way that it doesn't currently. So some Hawkeye chip in the brain. Is, 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 is just the next, it's the next stage. Listen, one last question, Paul. And, you know, what's in a name? You know, your name happens to be Hawkins. Yeah, absolutely. And the device happens to be Hawkeye. I don't know if that was, you know, by chance, because it's such a great name and it does what it says. So in a sense, was that luck? Who came up with the name? I came up with the name and it was completely lucky. It was kind of double entendre. You know, when I initially pitched the idea internally to, to break my research I was working for, and I literally just started, I was a graduate engineer. And so if nothing else came out of it, I wanted a way to get my name name, name known, you know, within the, the book. So, so and then rather than calling it the some acronym for something quite techy, I wanted to bring it to life and do that side of things. So, um, so yes, you know, it's, it kind of works and it's stuck and... And yeah, we still still know it now. In America, it's less well known as Hawkeye actually, and we do a lot of American sports, so it's nice that where where I come from, it is it is pretty household name. So, Paul, before we go, we are collecting sporting moments that are in contention for the greatest technology moment in sport ever. We're calling it, but is it a goat? Have you got a goat for us? Well, so I gave this some thought, and um, the goat for me. You need to actually take a little bit of a step back and think, you know, what our type of technology is doing. And, and at the end of the day, we're helping the right person win a game. But for, for anyone that then wins a sporting event because of Hawkeye, someone else has lost. Um, and, and therefore, it is a zero-sum game. 
So I think try to look, think outside of, of mind and arrow spear of what we contribute towards technology and the halo technology in Formula One, which has literally saved lives of, of, of how, you know, there've been many accidents in Formula One over the years and other motorsports where, where people have died through wheels hitting them and, and now in more recent years where that hasn't happened. Well, that kind of technology isn't a zero-sum game and it, and it changes the sport to a far more important kind of, kind of way than, than deciding who's won or lost. So it, it literally saves lives. So, so Halo and, and other kinds of Formula One technology that then made its way into to everyday um, motors, but you know, the cars that we drive, that also save lives. I think you know, we've got to kind of put them tip our hat and say, you know, that technology is far more important to the world than what we do. Oh, Paul. Well, we like that. Ash, our producer's nodding his head as well. So Ash likes it. And then we just have to throw it over to our listeners. So, guys, is it a goat? Well, Paul, that was great. Thank you so much. You will enjoy, I'm sure, the next edition of Tech Chairs because we're moving into the world of what athletes wear, which really has changed out of all recognition in the past couple of decades. Oh, we look forward to your company next time. Please do nominate your greatest technology in sports moments or any invention by contacting us at Tech Chairs at Sports Technology Group or tweet us at Sport Tech Group using the hashtag SportsTechGoat and Tech Chairs. And we'll see you next time. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode of Tech Chairs. We hope you found it informative, thought-provoking, entertaining. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to stay up to date with all things sport tech, be sure to subscribe. You can follow us on Apple, Spotify and all good podcast channels. And if you have any feedback, suggestions or just want to say hello, contact us on Twitter at Sport Tech Group, LinkedIn, the STA Group or by email techchairs at sportstechgroup.org. Don't forget, if you're posting on social, our hashtags are techchairs and sportstechgoat.